welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Welcome back, Sir Sir Gen Z boy, the mm. great. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you've had a you've had a great day so far, <laughs> and we're very excited to get into this recording. I am very um, much looking forward to it. Ironically, one of your one of your your challenges that you just had to overcome involves today's topic. I Lots don't know of if it it's too. Relevant to the dis- Lots of it. I guess actually in, in both of them. Yeah, both in both. Your... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, providence. You know. That we haven't done an episode on Providence, or have we? I don't even remember. I don't know, but we but, should. We were just talking about what episodes to do. I would be down to talk <laughs> about true. Providence. All right, let's do that. Tune in right. next week. <laughs> <laughs> We've declared right here that next week we'll be on Providence, so now you know. It's set set in stone now, because it's in the digital airwaves. So, um, in the meantime, we're going to talk about something different today. We're going to talk about technology, and sort of, uh, just sort of... A, a bit of a conversation about not necessarily like too focused on what technology is so much as more what does technology mean what you know how do we interact with technology how has technology shaped us in terms of our society that we live in in terms of the way that we interact with the world around us the way that we think about other people or ourselves or even god i you know we can go a lot of different directions and that's a lot more interesting to sort of walk down those roads, I think, than just like defining technology for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we could, you know, make fools of ourselves and talk about stuff we don't understand. But um, I think we want to more focus in on like technology, you know, we all have an idea of what that means. We'll, we'll kind of clarify what we're talking about to, to, you know, set our terms and everything. But do we, you know, I think it's relatively popular in at least certain Christian circles to kind of talk about is technology good or or is it harmful? Like, what are some benefits or drawbacks of this or that technology? Like, I don't think those questions are unheard of. I, and I might even I might even go so far as to say, like, depending on the circles you grow up in or or, or move around in it, they, they might even be fairly common hmm. questions. Um, but I think in the broader, like, global scene, there maybe they don't seem to be quite as common as they maybe should be. Or, or I guess that's, you know, maybe pl- showing my cards a little bit. Like, maybe the world in at large, Christian or not Christian, haven't really thought through technology in all the ways that we should? Question mark? I don't know. Like, that's kind of... That's kind of something that's been in my mind this this past few weeks, these past couple months, and that's that's kind of what sparked my my desire to, to have a conversation in this context on it. So, with that sort of vague setup out of the way, <laughs> is there anything you you'd want to like start off with as far mm-hmm. as as far as like a discussion on technology? Obviously, in the context of a podcast that explores christian faith and life and yeah. practice and theology you know like what what are sort of the things that you think we, we should maybe take note of to start with and then we can kind of go from there and springboard into like the meat of the conversation sure 
Yeah. So at, at the outset, I wanted to say that as as I approached this this conversation, as I approached the topic, I wasn't simply thinking of like tech or social media or computers. I think when we say technology, that's probably most people's first thought. Um, however, I was using the word more broadly and it's, you know, broad definition. So I'm thinking of like basically anything that is um, some sort of new innovation in a sense is, is technology. Uh, I don't, I don't have like yeah, a, I mean, like wheels are technology. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe there's a more technical definition or maybe the word has adapted over, over time as its usage, usage has changed. Um, but when I think of technology, uh, I, I'm thinking pretty broadly. So you sort of hinted at two frustrating things that happened today. Um, you know, we, we were on our way to, to come home to record this podcast and I had a flat tire at my in-laws. Um, so my father-in-law and I used the technology available to us, namely the jack that my car provides and, um, you know, instead of using the, the turning, I don't even know what these things are called. I'm showing how like ignorant I am. Um, but like to remove the lug nuts, like he has like a, a, some sort of compact, like you plug it into an outlet and you can do it like instead of doing it by hand. So it's, it's, te it's technology that's superior to using, you know, the little metal thing that rotates. Um, and again, for all of you car heads, I am so sorry. <laughs> um, but that's, that's an example of like technology that advanced um, to allow for more easy and seamless wheel removal so that you can repair a tire. And you mentioned a wheel, you know, we've had even evolution in how wheels are made from, you know, stone to wood to metal and rubber. Uh, so th that's an example of technology. Uh, the other frustrating thing that happened happened to my computer right when Lucas and I got on the call here. Uh, we tested out the mics and it was malfunctioning. So I had to restart my, you know, seven-year-old Mac desktop and it took half an hour. Um, so that's technology being very slow in rebooting. Uh, so anyway, that's that. those are sort of like examples of, of technology, sort of examples of what I mean when I speak of technology. And I think I want to, at the outset, sort of just give this phrase that is in a song. Uh, it's also, uh, I learned after looking it up, not just lyrics in a song, but it's a, it's a, it's a saying by a guy who is like a, a cultural theorist, uh, sort of like a, a sociologist of some type. Um, but the, the line is, the invention of the ship is the invention of the shipwreck. So I want to keep that in mind as we have this conversation about technology. Because if you think for a moment about the invention of the ship, the first time that a boat was ever made, uh, that was some pretty intense technology to now be able to traverse water, you know, whether it be the oceans, whether it be a river or a lake or whatever, uh, that, that invention as good as it was, as beneficial as it was to now make travel and fishing and all sorts of other things, you know, more accessible, uh, make them easier. There also is the inherent in the very fabric of making a ship. You are also inventing the shipwreck. You are inventing a opportunity for tragedy to strike for you know a storm to overtake your vessel and to capsize you and to uh, perhaps drown or be caught in the middle of the sea with no refuge 
Um, so yeah, just something to consider as we as we think about technology. Um, you know, sometimes again, maybe you're thinking about smartphones, maybe you're thinking about laptops, maybe you're thinking about you know cars, and you know now that we're sort of moving into a world with electric cars, uh, with all the good that might come with these things, what are the shipwrecks that are baked into them? So that was sort of how I wanted to start my portion of speaking here because I think that that's yeah. going to color my. It's going to color like how I feel. It's 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 how I. Uh, how I often look at technology as, as, as good as my cell phone might be as many great things can, can happen here. You know, the people that I can talk to, the fact that you and I can sit and communicate over FaceTime, uh, yet at the same time, what are all the detriments to not only my, my personal life, my personal health, but those around me and those that I'm not even related to and have no physical contact in this world, but I'm impacting because I'm talking to them on social media or perhaps, you know, you think about something like pornography and pornography consumption and uh, how that fuels sex trafficking. And, um, it, you know, it starts to, get, you know, you, someone might think, oh, I'm just looking at images on a screen. Uh, but there's a lot baked into what you're doing there. So that's where I yeah. wanted to start. Curious where you want to take it. Yeah, I, it's it sounds to me, you know, as we mentioned a lot, like we haven't really we haven't really shared notes ahead of time. So um it it does sound to me though that we our heads are really in the same place in terms of in terms of our general at least in in the in general terms what we think about it you know i had sort of a similar desire to open with a quote that kind of um my mind's a little more maybe <laughs> on the nose <laughs> um but the unabomber wrote the industrial revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race fairly famous line from his manifesto um and despite the fact that he you know killed people by mailing them bombs and stuff he did have a point um if nothing else the 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 post-industrial society that that we live in is the society that produced the unabomber so there's there's clearly this this uh this inherent contradiction this 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 material contradiction, this this dialectic, this tension that 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 technology maybe you don't think need you know maybe maybe you don't think people like the Unabomber need to feel that way, but the fact is there are people like the Unabomber who who have that opinion and you know he you know Ted Kaczynski did did sort of the most extreme uh, version of acting that out by by turning to violence to try and reverse our industrial societies, you know, reliance on technology. But then there are there there are people all the way down the line who who have this this ambivalent or, you know, oppositional relationship to technology, industrialization and all that kind of stuff. And obviously when they're talking when we're talking about like industrial technologies, we're talking about something different than like a plow and a wheel, right? Um we're talking about certain kinds of technologies that, that we would tend to think of and describe as maybe more advanced, more uh, mechanized or automatic, that kind of thing. But in broad strokes, I think that it's, it's, it's an idea that's important to think about, to wrestle with, to, to, to keep in mind whenever we're talking about technology. And similarly to what you said, like this is kind of going to color all of my musings on technology, I, I, I come back to these kinds of ideas. You, you know, 
giving the world ships gave the world shipwrecks. That's such a I, I hadn't heard that before before um, before you said it, and I think that's such a good. Um, the, you know, I don't even know what the term. It just kind of it kind of just captures like the nature yeah. of of technology. And just to give the plug yeah. real quick, the uh, the where I first heard it was a song called "Choose You" by Manchester Orchestra. Um, but I'm guessing that they took it from a man named Paul Virilio, who is the cultural theorist. Because when I looked up the phrase, it brought up the lyrics to the song, and then there were also a number of articles um, that. Paul Virilio talks about what that means. And I even have another mm-hmm. quote here from him that, that I'll share in a little bit, but that's where that comes from. Cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, like we're kind of like leaning into the idea that there are like bad things that come with technology. Um, but obviously we're also not saying that technology is bad, right? Like technology in general, equal sign bad that's impossible because i mean besides the fact that we're recording a podcast over the internet to share over the internet on our computers besides that um we also you know have tables and we cut our food with knives and we cook our food and things like that so like nobody nobody you know even like the most ridiculous you know imaginary version of an amish person or some you know extremist anarcho-primitivist like, they're still going to use technology. The question is not, is technology good or bad? The question is, what, you know, what are the, you know, when you have a ship, that ship introduces all sorts of new possibilities for food and, pro- and providing for your community. Because like you, you mentioned fishing. Like, you can catch way more fish with a fishing boat than just standing on the shore and fishing. Um it, it introduces communication. You can you can take letters across the Mediterranean Sea. You can you can you can travel to um, you know from Africa to India or whatever. You know like that. Just all the things people have done. You know it 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 brought, brings new connections in terms of communication and and trade and um, getting you know goods that are that are maybe luxury or also maybe necessities. You know being able to. You know, we can think of we can we can imagine very quickly all of these what we what we would consider benefits to like the invention of, you know, being able to travel on the seas, um, and it also introduces to the world shipwrecks and, and all these other kinds. Of, and you know, we could even sort of expand that to to other things like piracy. You know, like sea seafaring pirates they couldn't exist <laughs> if there weren't boats, right? And maybe maybe it's a little bit of a stretch to say that the existence of you know. The pirates of the high seas are, you know, is is a result of the invention of boats and ships. But there is, I think, there's a connection, right? Because that's a technology that they're using to to prey upon other people using that, te- you know. So um, we have like, it, I think it could get we could get really bogged down and it could get very confusing and sort of abstract um, to talk about like, you know, these to talk about this in generic terms. So, you know, I, I thought of a few, like, case studies to kind of help things be a little more concrete. But that's kind of what I, what I want to get at in terms of, like, if I had, like, a, like, one bullet point that I'd want you to come away from this conversation with, it's, like, when we're talking about any technology, cell phones, the Internet, um, uh, cars, boats, uh airplanes, you know, electric, electric, electric light bulbs, even, you know, like all these things 
that would that that we could think of that 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 just permeate our entire life you know especially being in the contemporary world with with so much uh you know electronic technology available to us like what what we need to take away is like we have to think through what what are the effects what are the uh the impacts the the results that are sort of like the baggage that the, the new technology carries with it what what are what are those you know like what are they like can we identify those effect you know can we identify the shipwreck that uh, the invention of the ship uh introduces and then can we evaluate that right like like what's the cost of inventing a ship you know overall i think the invention of ships despite the fact that it also created shipwrecks you know the good outweighs the bad there i think we could say right um but then there are other technologies like like machine guns in World War One, going from what firearms were like before the invention of the machine gun to what happened in World War One as as the machine gun was introduced to modern warfare. And it's like, you know, I, overall, I'm probably comfortable saying like the world would be better off. I'm not saying there'd be no wars, but like the world would probably be in some sense better off if the machine gun had never been invented you know or like the atomic bomb or something like that um and it's like we can't just talk about this at the level of like what is a technology but we also have to think about what is that technology doing that isn't even necessarily its intended effect Mm -hmm. but the effects that it brings with it and if we're not thinking in those terms i just think we're really dangerously blind to things that that we aren't even aware are potentially going to harm us down the road um, or harm our children or our children's children, you know, like like thinking about um, things like things in, in, in a more global scale, like throughout time even. Um, there's no way to necessarily predict how things are going to look as a result of, of what we do today. And that's um, just it. I mean, yeah. e- with, with whatever technology we're talking about, I'm not like I don't want to give the impression that if someone's out there inventing some new thing that we don't have that that you have to just stop and think of every conceivable outcome before you ever proceed or else you're going to be, you know, tried and convicted as some sort of like menace on society. Uh, what, what I want to say is that regardless of what technology we're discussing, I don't want to say that it is inherently good or, not, you, know, you know, maybe inherently bad. Uh, because I think in some way there is a ton of nuance. And as we deal with a world full of sinners with any number of things that could go wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm just, try- I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. Um, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like the most ridiculous example of misusing something apart from its intended purpose. And it just being like, how no one could have ever foreseen that. And I'm having like a really hard time coming up with anything on the spot. Um, does anything jump to your thought? Like, what is one thing that's like, wow, that is not what that is designed for, and you're using it completely wrong? Um, I don't yeah, know. I don't like, know. I uh, mean, maybe like a ruler, for example. I have a ruler mm-hmm. right here. This is this is just because I can see it. Uh, a ruler is used to measure, to to give you a precise and accurate measurement of a of a length of something, whether it be a pencil or, uh, you know, this desk. How many inches long? Uh, but think of all the ways that this has been used to uh, hurt people or, you know, I feel like at one point in 
history they were used for you know disciplining children or something not what it's intended for perhaps nobody could have seen that coming as they invented a ruler Uh, but i don't know it's a really bad example but i just want to say that like when we talk about technology i don't want them i don't want people to get the impression that like oh i hate technology and phones are bad and social media is bad uh, because i think that those things have some good to them they have some benefit to them but like all things maybe we say everything in moderation or learn how to i don't know exist in a world where we aren't so reliant upon i, I don't know what 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 are what are you wanting yeah, to yeah. say here yeah i think that like it's it's easy to be caught up in like the sort of over the top black and whiteness of like oh i'm going to decide this technology is a good thing this technology is a bad thing this one's good that one's bad and and like we're like we've said that doesn't really work i think it the the response to that could also potentially be sort of a pendulum swing too far in the opposite direction where we get into this like well every technology is neutral and there are just some good things and some bad things and it's all relative to the specific situation that that um is that that's being looked at or the specific person using a technological item for some per you know and i don't think we want to get to to like say that everything is just completely relative in terms of evaluating a technology like i do think we can make sort of like bigger more approaching universal claims about technology in general or specific technologies such as you know we've referenced a few like rulers you know like we can make like a general um statement about the usefulness and benefit that having like uh reliable measuring tools um you know what's that what that has contributed to human society and and development and stuff um and we can also look at things like machine guns and and maybe come to different conclusions or whatever but it it is it is you know nuance is the name of the game right like you're saying like because you can't just say this one's good that one's bad or everything is equally good or bad that leaves us in this more complicated middle ground where we need a lot more nuance to to make important evaluative claims about technology um and you know i i do think that that like i'm i'm perhaps a little more like you know trigger happy prepared to to say things like social media is just bad even though i engage in it um and even though i have seen good things and experienced good things as a result of it like at the end of the day any redeeming qualities about it aren't worth the cost you know and that's the kind of thing that's the kind of approach that i feel like i bring to a lot of technology and i'm someone who is very much reliant on very very modern technologies for my life um the way that i get my food the way that i spend my free time the way that i consume entertainment and even even conceive of entertainment and free time the way that i get access to information to learn the way that i um am am you know the way that my shelter it my, my physical shelter is is structured like all of this is very 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 much like firmly planted in the modern technological world 
So I don't say this from some from some place of you know, you know I, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm just this paragon of of you know morality, being, uh, you know, being disconnected from technology and all you all you fools are are in the clutches of it or whatever. That that's not what I'm saying. But but it is interesting. Like I had um, a, a a good friend of mine here in at Beeson in, in one of our classes. We were talking about technology. I can't remember the context, but um, he said something that, that kind of like blew my mind when he said it. And, and I haven't, I haven't gotten to flesh it out with him yet, but, um, hopefully I can do that soon. But he said something about, um, like, I'm going to totally butcher this, but, but any, like for, uh, for human beings to use any technology requires a certain amount of virtue because you have to, you have to, like besides knowing literally like you know how do you swing a hammer right like how do you use a hammer to drive in a nail like you have to know that and be physically capable of using the hammer but then you also have to have the virtue to use it correctly and the that the virtue needed he was saying is sort of like proportional to the the power of the technology right so like the stronger a technology is the, the more that it allows you to do beyond your own natural capabilities, the more uh, strong and, and um, bigger virtue you need in order to be able to use that technology well. And something like a hammer or a wheel is a lot different than something like the internet. <laughs> or the internet in your pocket with your own like cyborg computer that's fused to your body at all times of the day, you know? Um, and, and we can think of a million examples where that's the case, obviously. Um, and, and, and that really stru stuck with me these last few weeks since he said it. And I think that that, that probably planted the seed of this conversation here, but, um, that's what I what I'm what I'm interested in is like how do we how do we do that right like mm. we sure like and I think what I've come to the only thing I've really come to with any sort of like um, confidence is like the first step has to be understanding that there is this there there is a need to be asking these questions for sure right like like with if I'm you know I I think a lot about um, you know one day you know years down the road having a child who's like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and like, how will I raise them in terms of things like their own cell phone or personal computer, or even like video game consoles and things like that, right? Like, how do you, how do you think about like, like, well, for, like, you have to think about like, how does this affect, you know, the development of a child, hmm. right? Like, like, and I think back on my own life and how, you know, like I, I started playing video games with my dad when I was like three, you know, and I, I didn't have a, a cell phone till I was like, till I was like eighth grade, like going into high school, I think. And it's like, I also grew up in a time where like the video games that were around when I was three weren't like VR. <laughs> like I, I couldn't have even imagined a VR game growing, you know, and it's just like, what is that doing to our brains? There's, there's all these questions, right? And I, I think about it a lot in, in terms of that. And I think that that idea where it's like, we need to be looking at like, maybe another way to put the question is like, are we ready? Am I ready to have access to this or that technology, you know? And maybe it's not possible to live in a world where you get to choose 
to use like electric light bulbs anymore for us at least um but maybe there are other things that we can make that choice in a way that that maybe is influenced by our you know our own virtue and our own um maturity and being able to like sort of be introspective enough to realize like you know I'm a real jerk when I'm on Twitter, so I need to, like, not allow myself to use social media or mm. fill in the blank, right? Like, and and I'm not trying to throw stones in a glass house or whatever because, like, these are questions I've been thinking about a lot recently and, and just how, like I said before, <laughs> entangled I am in all manner of technology. Like, yeah, um, I, like, I like, it's hard to think of a, an area of my life that wouldn't change if I tried to make some like radical shifts in how I interact with technology. And maybe those radical shifts are unnecessary and, and, you know, but, but I think these are questions that are important to ask for sure. Before we, before we get to the point of saying it's unnecessary, we should think it through, I think. Well, something I wanted to highlight is my own personal experience. So I, I've been off Facebook for like two years. Um, I couldn't, couldn't take Facebook anymore. It was sort of like, you know, the the reformed pub was a mess. My timeline was a mess with, you know, friends and family and just the the constant, just endless scrolling through things that were making me frustrating. So I left. Uh, I stuck around Twitter and Instagram a lot longer. um, And I've had like little, you know, temporary rests from those things but more recently i've 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 stepped away they're no longer on my phone i do periodically like check on my browser um just because like i haven't been able to fully get away but i'm trying to um and and i've come to realize actually like just how toxic well, well on the one hand just how toxic social media is in particular but also on the other hand how much i just do not need it and I think that's something that we, 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 we all have, you know, when the technology came out, I remember, I remember getting Facebook very early, like in like 2007, I was like in seventh grade or something. I remember getting a Facebook and at the time they had just shifted from the, like only college students could have a Facebook. Like you had to sign up with an EDU email, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but then it started, you know, your grandma joined and you joined and your friends joined. And now we have Facebook sort of as we know it. Um, I remember joining Instagram. I remember I joined Twitter on the eighth grade bus on the way to Six Flags for our year end, like, you know, middle school graduation party or whatever. So like, I distinctly remember joining these platforms. And I remember much of their evolution and how we've, you know, I remember, for example, when Facebook got the, uh, you know, the banner photo. Where you could where you could put your own photo on your banner, not just your profile picture. Um, I mean, I'm also old enough to have been on MySpace, and you know, remember when you could go to someone's page and like music started playing, or uh, you had your top eight friends, and it was like a big deal when you know you kicked somebody out and put somebody else in. Um, what I'm what I'm trying to say here is like, we've all just sort of, especially people our age, we've all sort of grown up with this through the most formative years of our lives, through middle school, through high school, through college. And now we're at the point where it's like, these things feel like a part of us. Um, yeah. But the, the more that I'm away, the more that I step back from Instagram and Twitter and uh, sort of evaluate, it's like, wow, I really 
don't need those things as much as you know as much as i enjoy being able to you know watch football highlights or see the latest spider-man into the spider-verse trailer or whatever thing i enjoyed looking at and liking and consuming i don't need it i do not it it does not change like who i am uh it doesn't give me anything that i can't get somewhere else um, and so I'm, I'm actually reminded of a book that I read a couple years ago by Tony Renke. It's called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Um, so he doesn't talk just about social media. That's a big part of it. Um, but I mean, he talks about like how we, we become addicted to distractions. So whether it's the incessant need to just like when you have a spare moment to open up Twitter or Instagram, or if you don't have Twitter and Instagram, maybe it's to open the news or to open a podcast app or to open something else. Um, but our phones give us this constant like itch for a distraction. Um, another thing is like how we ignore people, whether we're parents, uh, especially. He talks a lot about how um, you know we're raising kids in a generation with smartphones. Um, not only like what does that do to them when they have their own smartphone, but what does smartphone consumption do to a child as a parent uses it? To, to, to their neglect. Um, another thing he talks about is how it, how it de- desires us to crave immediate approval. Um, it makes us lonely. We become comfortable in our secret vices. And that's a big one. Holy cow. If, if smartphones did anything, they make us really comfortable with secret sins. Um, we have this f- constant FOMO. And I think that's a big reason that a lot of people don't leave social media, even if they want to. They have serious fear of missing out, you know, missing out on the latest little, uh, you know, argument that arose between Owen Strand and his clan, or uh, perhaps, <laughs> sorry to name trap, or perhaps it's, you know, some new movie trailer or some new event or whatever it might be. We had this fear of missing out and there's just, you know, probably thousands of ways that our phone is changing who we are, um, often to our detriment. Um, and I just, I remember just sort of being disturbed, like not simply because the problem is out there. We know that the problem is out there. It exists, but that the problem was also like in me, like, yes, my phone was changing me and who I am and who I was. Um, so I, I started to see the negative impact in my own heart and my own habits uh, you know, so there there were times where like, oh, I'd wake up early, so I had enough time to like scroll through social media for a half an hour before I went to work. It's like I could have had an extra half an hour to to rest or to eat or to read or to pray. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not a parent yet, but I I honestly am nervous for the day of you know sort of being confronted with a child competing with you know attention with a screen. I mean, if you're if you're a parent, like just stop and think for a moment that your child is competing for your attention, and the thing it's competing with is a screen. It's it's an inanimate object that really, at the end of the day, does not have eternal or significant value, uh, but your child does. Um, and so those are the kinds of conversations I want to have when I talk about technology. All those very nuanced conversations. I don't want to just. I, I know we can say things are good or bad, but I don't want to simply do that. I don't want to simply come on this podcast and be like, no, phones are bad. Don't have phones. No, I want to have like engaging conversations with people about like, okay, so you have a phone. I have a phone. Uh, let's like 
go dive. Let's dig deep. Let's dive in. Let's evaluate, like, where do we use these things too often? What are ways that maybe we could use this device for good? Um, you know, should we go back to the, to the days where we just had simple devices that can call and text to, to get a hold of people when needed? Do we really need supercomputers in our pockets at all times? Do we need to have, I mean, when you, when you stop and consider like the evolution of phones and how we now have this thing that has more storage capacity than my first computer, I'm pretty sure our first like desktop computer had like half a gig of memory. And now I have like a terabyte or something. I forget what my phone has. It might be like half a terabyte, like 500 gigs or whatever. Um, but like my phone can connect to, to games, to movies, to TV. I, I was watching the Viking game while I was fixing my flat tire in the driveway. Like how crazy is that? Like a decade ago, you couldn't have said that, that while you're fixing a flat tire that you could watch a football game on your phone and that you know it's just it's it's crazy how quickly these things evolve um and to, to sort of go back to that saying from paul virilio where he says the invention of the ship is the invention of the shipwreck um he expands this into what might be his main message and that is uh, that every technological invention bears its specific uh it, it bears a or many specific defects in their dna um and so sp the, the speed and acceleration that technology has today, I mean, think about all the ways that technology so quickly is advancing. You know, whether it's, uh, for example, vaccine development or, um, uh, what I don't know what else moves so quickly. Um, I'll tell you what doesn't move quickly is uh, vinyl pressing. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like these things have, have speed and progress and acceleration and growth. Um, and his conclusion, sort of what like his his uh, very defeatist, very um, pessimistic view is that at the end of the day, that this thing, that technology um, and its speed and acceleration is actually going to be the death of us all. Um, you know, maybe that's a bleak view. You know, maybe he's you, you, maybe you could interpret that in any number of ways, whether it's like, you know, the acceleration of nuclear arms is going to lead to some catastrophic nuclear war that'll result in the death of us all. Or maybe you're somebody that thinks, you know, some device that is invented will spur the coming of the Antichrist or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I this this whole week, I've I've just really been dwelling on that thought of the fact or not the fact, but I've just been dwelling on that thought that the invention of the ship is the invention of the shipwreck. And as I evaluate my own life, my own uses with technology, my own consumption, um, for all the good that it might benefit me, where are those, where are those shipwrecks and what can I do about them to avoid them happening or succumbing to them? So I don't know. That's sort of where I sort of want to leave this episode. Yeah, I think I'll I'll sum up just like I had a couple case studies about like farming and the internet and I feel like we've kind of covered the the internet real well and and also just kind of we we don't need to dive more into um specifics. I think we that we did a really good job, especially um what you were just saying on, on highlighting the ways that that those nuanced discussions and questions need to happen and and sort of the the places where those questions need to be focused, but um I, it's just it's such a fascinating conversation because it's so 
like it's not just relevant to every person like literally every person but it's also relevant to like every single facet of every single person's life um like we kind of touched on and how are we gonna respond right to those things that are harmful that are negative um or that lead us into into unhealthy or sinful you know ha- uh, habits and patterns in terms of our of our thoughts and our actions and i don't really know you know like i i very regularly have the temptation and and spend some time you know shopping around for um i don't know if you've heard of like the light phone but but like there are like like nokia has some too like there are like companies that are producing essentially like modern dumb phones so they're like they're not smartphones in terms of in terms of what they they do um but that's like by design you know not not just because they're old or or too cheap but because it's like I think a lot of the time it has sort of like a minimalist marketing to it where yeah. it's like it's like you can text, you can set an alarm and that's like right. that's about it. Yeah, and like the the motivation tends to be I think a little bit more towards like cutting out distraction or something like that, which which is a part of this conversation because I mean e- even just being distracted is not a good thing, you know, like e- e- that's not the end of the world, but like generally speaking it would be better if i was less distracted right like that's just kind of seems see, seems obviously true to me i don't know maybe somebody somewhere would disagree with that but um but yeah like when you know getting getting a you know a a a really limited uh in terms of its features phone um but that's so that you can still you know get in touch with people and stuff and um or like trying to deliberately change like your hobbies you know like like i spent a lot of time watching things on a screen maybe i could deliberately you know force you know through like some kind of like self-discipline to where like my leisure time is spent doing something physical or or reading a book instead of reading a ebook even you know like you should always do uh, who would eat I, I mean okay i'm sorry <laughs> sorry to interject that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is like i that, will that, always read a book i would never read an ebook that's just don't be yeah, ridiculous that, that's a true that's a that's a true <laughs> but different conversation yeah. but like even even just from the technology angle like mm. you know like i could it i don't know it's it's yeah there, there's a lot there there's a lot yeah, there and sure. and it's going to be in that sense these questions are going to be very like hyper specific and relative to like how you spend your time, what your interests are, what your, you know, obviously. But then there are these bigger, these bigger things that, especially like if you're raising kids or if one day you will raise kids, it's like, that's like, you're, you're, you're influencing and impacting the world around you through how you raise your, your child. How are, you know, you're, you're in a a position of leadership in your church, you know, like your pastor or just, just a, a leader or, or you're just involved in your church. Like, how do you think about technology in the church, right? Like, how do you think about, um, how you as a church body are like using and interacting with technology in terms of in terms of like worship services and other kinds of programming but also like how are you interacting with your community with the techno- technological resources you have or whatever and and like these are very vague questions that I'm just kind of coming up with on the spot so I don't have like any well, maybe, helpful maybe, answers but maybe to make but, it slightly less vague in in a similar way um, we can think about something, and I don't mean to be insensitive at all. I, I, I truly understand the gravity of these things. Um, but think of, like, school shootings and 
these absolute travesties that happen and happen far too frequently. And when we think about, you've already mentioned, we've, we've actually mentioned a couple of them in this episode, the things that, the, the, the technology that exists that allow those things to happen, right? I mean, we think about, um, you know, whether it's guns, whether it's uh, the, the, the person who decides to do the shooting, um, all of the various things that have impacted their life, whether it be technology, whether it be video games, whether it be TV, movies, parents, whatever it is, um, it, 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 you know, it's just an example of like, we are people that live in this world who, who probably use the same technology. There are people who use guns uh, properly. There are other people who use guns improperly. There maybe are people that use social media properly and other people who use it improperly. And so how do we have those conversations with people? How do we raise our children? How do we uh, exist together um, as humans? How do we, how do, this is a great question, especially as we talk about technology, as we talk about AI, as we talk about VR and, and robots and sort of the advancement of technology in that realm. How do we not lose our humanity? Because I think a little bit about tech, I think a lot of what technology does is it eliminates some of our humanity. Um, not that it's like taking it away, like in actuality, but even if you think about like a ship, so you, you build a ship and now you've made it easier to traverse the seas, uh, but now you've changed the way that you had been doing things for so long. And that was part of what it meant that you were human, you know, whether it was you walked everywhere or you ran instead of swam for exercise. I don't, I'm just trying to say like that every time we, you know, we make a new smartphone or we make a um, new fitness tracker or um, all, all these different things in, in a way, I think it takes away a bit of our humanity and we, we start to lose sight of the humanity in others, especially as we utilize these bits of technology, some more than others, obviously. I mean, social media is the one that comes to mind where we often just absolutely dehumanize people. Um, because we think that we're not talking to a real person, we're just talking to the other end of a screen. But in actuality, you're talking to a real person who has real feelings with real desires and wants and needs. And um, I don't know, that's, that's a dangerous thing when we, we start to dehumanize our, our fellow brothers and sisters, especially, especially as we talk about the church. I mean, when, when, we, have, when we have these problems with brothers and sisters within our, our bodies that that's that's a, a great great harm and you know I, I can only I can only help but think of you know Peter and Paul and John and many of the other writers of the New Testament and and you know they're they're giving their many encouragements to the people to love one another deeply to have brotherly love for one another to uh, to outdo one another in love and man, how we so often fall short of that and at the hands of technology. But, mm. yeah. I, I think that's good enough to end. I don't really have anything to add to that. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we didn't talk, talk about this ahead of time, Lucas, but mid-episode, I was like, oh, yeah, we never really prepped a prayer. So I just grabbed a random one from the Valley of Vision. Um, so I'm nice. going to read a prayer called Heaven Desired. Uh, again, from the Valley of Vision, it says, Oh, my Lord, may I arrive where means of grace cease, and I need no more to fast, to pray, to weep, or to watch, to be tempted, attend preaching and sacrament, where nothing defiles, where there is no grief, sorrow, sin, death, separation, tears, pale face, languid body, aching joints, 
feeble infancy, decrepit age, uh, peccant humors, pining sickness, gripping fears, consuming cares, where is personal completeness, where the more perfect the sight, the more beautiful the object, the more perfect the appetite, the sweeter the food, the more musical the ear, the more pleasant the melody, the more complete the soul, the more happy its joys, and where full knowledge is of thee. Here I am but an ant, and I view, uh, and as I view a nest of ants, so dost thou view me and my fellow creatures. But as an ant knows not me, my nature, my thoughts, so here I cannot know thee clearly. But there I shall see, I shall be near thee, dwell with my family, stand in thy presence, and an, uh, as an heir of thy kingdom, as the spouse of Christ, as a member of His body, one with Him who is with thee, and exercise all my uh, all my powers of body and soul in the enjoyment of thee. As praise in the mouth of thy saints is comely, so teach me to exercise this divine gift. When I pray, read, hear, see. Do in the presence of people and of my enemies, as I hope to praise thee eternally hereafter. Amen. Amen. So we want to say one. thank you. Yeah, that was that was great. I I, I I feel not great just because like talking about these negative things sometimes can can you know be a little <laughs> of a, a bit of a downer. Uh, but it was fun to talk about. I, I I enjoyed really dwelling on that that little quote I've been sharing throughout the episode all week, and I'll probably continue to ponder it uh, going forward too. But we want to say thank you yeah. for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to any episode. We're we're now in December. We're we're out of November. November was our second best month ever somehow, despite the fact that we released like several throwbacks. Um, so thank you for, for making uh, November our second best month ever. Uh, we just appreciate all of you. Uh, if you want to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. You're welcome to send us an email as well. Our email is doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. Send us your episode ideas. We really need episode ideas, so send them our way. Um, <laughs> but until next time, peace. See ya.